Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, Nick and I discuss ads in video games. We also talk about the new Star Wars and Nino Kuni announcements, and we wrap up the show with a talk about endgame content. You can also catch an extended version of this episode on YouTube. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome to Pressing Buttons, episode 16. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. And it's good to be here again, another week, another good episode for you guys to listen to. We're glad you are joining us again. And a quick little reminder, we are up on Discord, pressing buttons GG, baby. Uh, We'll put the link on the show notes, and then we also have it on the website. Make sure you join the Discord, because we're going to be doing a nice little giveaway. As soon as we reach 100 members on the Discord, we're going to be giving away five Pressing Buttons shirts with the Pressing Buttons logo, which is a fancy dandy logo made by D-Pass. So I know you guys love it. Fancy dandy. Okay. Also, it's it's Pressing Buttons GG. It's not Pressing Buttons GG baby. <laughs> I, th- I, think you, I think you added the baby on a little bit too quick at the end where people might think that's actually uh, where, the, where the destination is. So. You know, you know how much I love my run-on sentences. Yeah. But yeah, join the Discord. It's a growing community. Everybody's in there, you know, joking, laughing, helping each other play video games. We're having a lot of fun. It's, it's a good community. So join, get there so you can have a chance to win a shirt. And you'll love the shirt, which as soon as they get made, we'll be displaying them. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, you will see a preview of that very soon. If not watch it on youtube as well (laughs) listen to us on spotify listen to us on apple watch us on youtube just everywhere all right so let's just get started we're gonna talk about some video game news this week very light week in terms of video game news not a lot going on but you know us we always find the the good little nuggets that we like to throw out there to you guys um first thing we want to talk about real quick is playstation and microsoft there's some rumors going around that they're going to be adding ads to certain uh, free-to-play games Uh, we're not going to dive too much into this because we want to make like a bigger segment in the future especially when when they make more concrete announcement of of what it's going to be because i know nick has a lot of thoughts on advertising in video games and how much it is for the industry and all that stuff the real quick note that i'm just going to say is i'm not a big proponent of ads in anything i hate ads on web browsers i hate ads on youtube i hate ads on video games but i know i understand the gaming industry and how it is especially with these free-to-play games that with the advertisements it's a better way for them to make money so they don't charge you obviously so like i said the more information we get out of this once they uh, release more details on it i'll have more of a formed opinion but i am against ads Fuck that. Nick? <laughs> Whoa. What a hostile there. I'm hostile. I have a lot of... It's like my default mode. Default mode. That's not hostile. true. That's not hostility. True. Well, That's to add. True. Hostility to add. Hostile, hostile Hugo? Yeah. You know, I do love alliteration, so... Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, no, I think I have a lot of, a lot of thoughts on this that I want to flesh out, and we, we can plan on a more detailed segment down the road. But yeah, it's like, so you you personally hate ads. I also personally hate ads, but there's a lot of people who are okay with ads. And so I think it's it's actually a, a really huge market opportunity. And I think if it's done right, it could actually be good because right now, like most free-to-play games are kind of kind of limited to like exactly how monetization can work. And like you have to build like a specific type of experience, you know, whether it's like some sort of, MOBA or Battle Royale or, or whatever. So there's only, I would say, like a, a small number of experiences that really gel with a free-to-play like microtransaction model. And so the the thought is like, okay, well, maybe there's other experiences that you can build that just have more like, you know, ads or dynamically inserted it into it in some way that people are fine with. And that's like another way of building, you know, a free-to-play game just through like a different type of advertising so I don't know. I think it it could be good, but as we've seen with microtransaction models, like it's rarely the case that it actually you know comes comes to like a compelling experience. Like it's it's almost always used inappropriately and you know pisses off consumers and and fans. So I'm sure that's going to happen as well with the advertising uh, baked into the games. But um, 
I think I'm, I'm open to the idea of that potentially working well for specific experiences. Um, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I can't wait for the future where there'll be Mountain Dew plastered all over like God of War or something. No, it's not. I don't think it's going to be yeah. that. I don't. No, think that was gonna... that was sarcasm. I I don't want to. I don't want that at all. All yeah. right, but he probably <laughs> does like Mountain Dew. Oh no, Ugh. Kratos! I I think he's a Mountain Dew guy. Oh, oh! I thought you meant me. Yeah, Kratos probably me. No, I'm a good Sun Kiss or Fanta man myself. So, all right. Um, so like we said, we're just gonna we touched a little bit on that. We want to wait till we get more information, as it is just rumors for the moment. But the rumors are out there uh, that it's going to be more towards the end of the year. We'll start seeing it. So we'll definitely have some. A uh, future segment where we discuss that in more detail. I know Nick wants to write a piece and discuss it on the podcast, and then I'll have it on the website so you guys can kind of check it out. He's a good writer, trust me. Mm, we'll <laughs> see. But yeah, the, the I think you you kind of touched on it a little bit. But the other thing is, it's like you know they're talking about input, putting ads into games, but it's specifically you know free to play games as a service, which I've, they've both mentioned. Both Microsoft and uh, Sony PlayStation have mentioned that they're going to be delivering a lot more of those games in the future. I think Sony said something specifically like, I think it was like 15 games, you know, over some number of years that they're planning on delivering that are going to be games as a service. So it's like, okay, well, like how many, based on what we understand today of like microtransaction models, like, is it going to be just battle royales and hero shooters and you know it's like they they need to come up with other different types of experiences and i think maybe there's a path where i'm just inserting ads into it as like another method that they could do to make it free to play yeah uh we'll we'll see we'll see sometime soon all right um the next bit of news that we wanted to move on to was another star wars game getting announced um and we talked about this a couple episodes ago uh that ea was developing three games three star wars games one being a first person shooter one being the jedi fallen order and then one being like a tactics type game now this is another one that they're developing along with amy hennig and for those that don't know amy hennig is a well-known uh person in the video game industry she is very popular because she worked on the uncharted series she mostly wrote uncharted 2 uh which in my opinion was the best uncharted of all of them uh she left the studio after some controversy they I guess they didn't get along too well. And she's been kind of working around trying to find a, a home. And now with this uh, new studio, New Skydance Media, they announced that they're going to be working on a Star Wars adventure game. Uh, now, they had she had been previously working with Visceral Games to develop this type of game, which is basically like Uncharted uh, meets uh, Star Wars. Um, there is a very little short clip on the internet of like, a bounty hunter coming out of a cantina overlooking Tatooine and like some X-Wings and stuff like that flying across the air. So it's like a little bit of a teaser. So it's going to be something like that. I'm all for it. I love her work in Uncharted. I thought that she did a great job. Uh, She's a great writer. She's a great developer. Everybody that works with her uh, seems to love working with her. And I'm pretty sure the studio's in good hands with her leading them. Uh, Your thoughts on this? Is there such a thing as too many Star Wars games? Well, the thing the thing with Star Wars is there, there was such a drought of Star Wars stuff for so many years because since the prequels bombed for so much, everybody was like, I don't want no Star Wars shit. But then with the reintroduction of the main uh, movies uh, a couple years back with the new trilogy and stuff like that even though you had a bunch of animated uh shows like the clone wars and all those other shows that focus on on star wars with the introduction of all that you know now they're saturating the market so is there too much star wars i wouldn't necessarily say yes it just depends on is there too much good star wars or is there too much bad star wars so it all depends so far, I think we're right down the middle because I thought Jedi Fallen Order was good. Force Unleashed was good. Uh, I don't know about Battlefront. I didn't think it was that great, but it appeased a lot of Star Wars fans. So it all depends on your side if you think it's good Star Wars or bad Star Wars. My whole thing with Star Wars is I am tired of Jedis. I know they're the main driving force of Star Wars, but 
they get too much attention, I think. It, it's such an expansive universe that I want them to explore other uh, other cultures, other worlds, and stuff like that. And they do that in, like, comics and uh, books. So I want that to be translated in, in movies and TV shows and video games, which is why I think, like, all those other shows are more popular because you don't see Jedis all the time. And I know it's maybe not the most popular opinion because everybody wants the, Sky the Skywalker family and all that stuff. I'm kind of tired of Jedis. That's interesting. Every game that's... Uh, been announced it's it's kind of its own experience in a particular genre so maybe it's it's a lot of star wars but at the same time the games are very different so maybe it's not really gonna have the feel of it being like too too much star wars because it's kind of again focusing on a particular type of game i just want to i want a mandalorian game like to me mandalorian's been like the best of star wars in the last very long time and i know they were working on like a bounty hunter type game that ended up getting canceled so i don't know they didn't mention anything about what what like could it be a this this new amy had a game like could it be a bounty hunter thing or did they get some some details well i believe the the one you're talking about is uh was it star wars 1313 yeah, yeah yeah where it was like that deep that deep cut of star wars lore where you're it's it's a special kind of area with the bounty hunting and stuff like that in the underworld, the Star Wars underworld, which is a great topic to explore. I think in any game, you would video games aren't made for that. That's a great thing to explore. But I think they might just they didn't mention anything specific. But based on her background and stuff like that, I think it's just going to be more of a very uncharted type Star Wars game because you know Uncharted itself was very Indiana Jones, and then you have Bounty Hunters being very Indiana Jones. So I think it's just going to be like an action-adventure one. Not necessarily focused on Mandalorians, uh, which I think would be good. But I think just this it's, it's going to be its own brand new thing that won't necessarily be connected to Mandalorians, won't necessarily be connected to Jedis, even though you'll hear about them probably. We'll, yeah, we'll have I to see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think it's exactly Mandalorian, but it could be um, that type of take on, on Star Wars lore. Yeah, give, give me some bounty hunting and smuggling stuff and I'll be happy. You love smuggling. Oh, got to smuggle, bro. On the low. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll be excited to get more information. Obviously, this is uh, very early stages of development, being that the studio has been around since 2010. They mostly worked on tv and film and animation uh and this part of the of that studio is now focused on video games headed by amy hennig so we'll we'll see hopefully we'll get a lot more information sooner rather than later just because i know a lot of people would be interested in in more content coming from the star wars universe yeah look forward to our review and episode 500 of pressing buttons there you go put a tab on it all right, and then the next thing we want to talk about was Nino Kuni Crossworlds. It's a new collaboration uh, between Level Five that developed uh, Dragon Quest Eight and also uh, Professor Layton and uh, other Nino Kuni games, along with Studio. I, I knew Studio... I was wondering if you were going to know how to pronounce this. Uh, uh, along with Studio Ghibli. Ghibli. Damn it. That's Ghibli. Uh, along with Studio Ghibli, uh, who obviously, of course, made Spirit Awake and Princess, uh, and Princess uh, Mononoke. <laughs> oh, my God. Totally, I, I should have I taken this, this one. Uh, you should. You totally love when I fuck up these names. Spirit Away, Princess Mononoke. Uh, yeah. Is it Nausicaa? Nausicaa of the Wind? Nausicaa? Yeah. I don't that's know how. I actually, that's the don't, first one I said. I don't know. That's like how you would say, kind of like kind of how you would say it in Japanese. Uh, I don't actually don't know how you. Maybe it's Nausicaa as how. Yeah. How well, that was the first one I saw. I saw that one before I saw any of the other ones. That's how I know Studio Ghibli. There you go. Ooh. Uh, and now, uh, and now, what I'm waiting for is someone to be like, "No, it's Ghibli," <laughs> and and you're wrong. And I could, you know, maybe I'm maybe I've been wrong this whole time, but. Uh, yeah, pretty, I was right either sure. way, basically. Just say it wrong both <laughs> yeah, times, yeah. and I'll be right. <laughs> but I know you're a big uh, Nino Kuni fan. I, myself, know of the series. I didn't necessarily play it. Um, what What did you think of this announcement? Are you excited for this game? Yeah, I actually didn't know about this at all. So I, I own both 
Nino Kuni one and two. I played quite a bit of one, but then just kind of got sidetracked and never, never got back into it. But I did, I did like what I played. I just maybe wasn't enough to keep me hooked for completing the game. I played a lot of Nino Kuni two uh, on on PC, and it's it's a pretty it's like easy. So to me, it's it's just it was like this really fun kind of casual experience. I don't know. I just had a lot of fun with it, um, even though it's like not the the most complex of games uh, by any means. And it just looks beautiful, and the the music's great, and um, the story is kind of like you know pretty cookie cutter. But I just had a really good good time with it. And so yeah, they they it's a it's it's Nino Kuni Cross Worlds. It's currently on mobile, but um, there will be a, a PC version as well. It already came out in parts of Asia last year. And apparently it's like doing super well. Like it's it's up there with you know Genshin Impact and and those types of games. So definitely going to give this a try to to see what it's like. So I'll just be waiting on on the PC version because I'm a PC snob. And I think it'll be you know free to play, gotcha mechanics and all all that stuff, which I know are are polarizing. But uh, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with it. What has this world come to? Free to play, gotcha mechanics. Uh, well, yeah, I'll be waiting for your impressions. Uh, I, I know it's a great, beloved series. Um, I'm excited to see what you think of this, and maybe maybe I'll pick it up myself. The next thing we want to talk about was a Ubisoft project. It's an unannounced game called Project Q. It was part of that NVIDIA leak that we talked about last week that came out in September. You sent me an article on this. I read it, and I saw some gameplay footage. And let me tell you, this thing looks whack. You know, I I always say I'm all for the developers and stuff like that. Every game is for at least one person. Somebody will like it. But this was very early stages and it just looked whack. It looked like a very knockoff version of Fortnite. And it wasn't even like a good knockoff version of Fortnite. So I recommend if, if you guys want to check it out, it's called Project Q. I'm pretty sure if you Google it, you'll find it somewhere. Ubisoft needs to get their shit together, honestly, because the last couple of things they've screwed up a lot. I know there's been rumors that they're thinking of selling the company uh, to somebody. So this is the last couple of months have not been good for them. What, what do you think? Yeah, the, the video looked pretty rough. It's definitely like I, I'm sure the creative development process for the game was we need a Fortnite clone and <laughs> that's pretty pretty much exactly what it is. So, so it d- didn't look great. I think, so it's called project Q. And then they also had a, a project called the, uh, or was it just Ubisoft quartz or yeah. yeah. So that was like their whole like NFT marketplace that they're trying to build up that everyone hated. And like, that has to be connected, right? Like that's too coincidental for it to be called Project Q. And then also they have this thing called Quartz uh, that was like meant to be their NFT thing. But they, they did like, I think people are asking these questions and then they did specifically state that this game will not have NFTs in it. But I, that must be like a recent development. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the idea was Fortnite, but with NFTs, I'm, I'm pretty sure was the pitch. But you know that only works if the game's good, good. and <laughs> doesn't does, doesn't look that great. Well, I mean, honestly, I still don't know how NFTs work. I don't know what they are. I am happy with not knowing how they work and what they are, and I will continue being ignorant. But I will put my two cents in in video games, and in it wasn't a very good looking video game. Obviously, it's an early development. We'll have to see down the road if it even gets developed completely ubisoft is known for mainly like having a project getting uh some footage out there and then deciding to cancel at the last minute just because it didn't align well with their plans so we'll see it does not look appealing to me but things could change people can change and so can video games um all right and then the next thing uh, which you're mostly going to be talking about was that meta the company formerly known as Facebook. Formerly known as Facebook, formerly known as The Facebook. There you go. They did a gaming showcase for the Quest. I do not have VR. You're the resident VR guy. So this is why you will be taking up this topic. What What did you see? What drew your eye? Uh, what was shit? Talk to me. Yeah. Did you see Mark Zuckerberg? He was, he was in the showcase. He 
came in at the end with what they thought was like a big reveal for the show or like you know how in these types of events they always have their quote like one more thing yeah one more thing yeah so that was you know so he came in to deliver that uh and that one more thing was a ghostbusters vr game with pretty limited footage uh (laughs) so you know kind of questionable on how how much of a showstopper that actually is but yeah so actually i don't have an oculus quest I was a very much an early adopter on the HTC Vive, so I've had a VR kit for for a while. But there just hasn't, you know, which I think everyone knows. There's just not a ton of content to play in VR, so I was more checking this this showcase out. Um, so I think this is the second one that they've done. It's kind of their annual show just to highlight all of the games that are in development for the Quest. Uh, so it's more just curiosity. It's like, oh, is there going to be anything new and exciting where I might actually want to buy a quest for myself? The answer is no. It's it's a lot of the kind of the, the typical uh, VR experiences that I saw, which like just don't look super exciting to me. Uh, in addition to the Ghostbusters announcement, they did announce a game called Ruins Magus, which is a uh, like a Japanese action RPG style game, which I don't I don't think I've seen one of the one of those in, in VR. So, you know, that looked kind of cool. I think there were a couple of other like announcements that might be exciting to other people. I think, you know, among us, among us VR, I think was like a, a, a big thing um, that you know, some, some people might care about, but that's not necessarily for me. I don't know if among us would translate fully into VR. I think the simplicity of how among us is, yeah. is what draws people in uh, VR. I think is too much. Yeah, I agree. The thing that was most noteworthy to me was a statement that was made uh, where they said, I think they were just talking about, you know, meta more broadly and their strategy. And, and they're like, yeah, the, the metaverse might happen in the next five to 10 years. But for now, here's some games to check out. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> which I think I think that that timeline probably makes sense, right? Like this is a very yeah. big shift in terms of like their strategy. And that's going to take a lot of time to like figure out and execute. But I just I just like that they try to like manage expectations with when people could actually expect to see like, you know, what what is the metaverse and when can we experience it? And that's at least at least according to that, you know, five to 10 years away. I think it's could, could potentially be e- even longer. Like, I think we'll just incrementally have more and more cool stuff that's kind of in line with this whole metaverse concept. But I guess maybe their their future, you know, complete vision of it is is much longer down the road. I mean, it sounds like you're telling me the company that spent all this money and did a whole big press conference about the metaverse and how it's the next big future thing said it's five to 10 years away. (laughs) That's insane because I feel like a bunch of other companies are way ahead of them in that package and they'll probably do it way better than, than they're doing it. So we'll we'll have to see. Now I want to play a little game with this. It's probably a new segment we can make. I want to call it either worth the watch or it should have been an email. Was it worth it to watch this keynote or this press conference? Yeah. yeah. Or it should have been an email. Yeah. Should have been an email. All right. Well, you had to wait till I say both things and then you say which one oh, okay. it is that right. you wanted to well, make. Well, you just made this game up. I don't know all the yeah, rules. Well, like, yeah. All right. All right. So worth the watch or it should have been an email, Nick? Should have been an email. There you go. There you go. We'll we'll try to do that. <laughs> for I even even uh, when I watched it on the first time, I I did the like fast forward, or like I had the speed at like one point five times just so I could like get through it faster. So, you only if they pay you would you want to watch this live yeah. and yeah. in regular speed. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So moving on. Um, I know last week we talked about a lot of video game movies um, that they were developing and how well Sonic. Two was doing at the box office and a big resurgence in video game movies. And this week, uh, two major announcements, I would say, regarding video game movies. The first one being It Takes Two, which we've talked about a lot in this podcast, basically being a great game and getting a lot of uh, Game of the Year awards and also buzz. Uh, It's going to be developed into a movie. 
Dwayne The Rock Johnson, his production company, is going to be producing it. And there's also talks of him starring in it. And then you also have Streets of Rage, uh, which if you're not familiar, it's basically like a brawler beat-em-up uh, side-scroller, much like Double Dragon and Contra and stuff like that. That's also getting developed into a video game movie, and that one's going to be helmed by Derek Kolstad, who basically created John Wick. And the last one being Jason Momoa is attached to starting a Minecraft movie, which that one is like, I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll wait and see. But it's it's such a big topic because we talked about this last week. We talked about how video game movies are coming to the forefront again, just because a lot of people spend a lot of time playing video games during the pandemic. And the door has been opened yet again uh, to get more adaptations. Uh, I'm excited for It Takes Two. I think it will be uh, translated really well into a movie. Uh, and I like The Rock. The Rock is a very charismatic actor. I can totally see him playing the lead or just uh, making a good movie out of this. I'm excited for Streets of Rage just because I like the game. We both played Streets of Rage 4 uh, together co-op. We beat the game. We enjoyed it. It's... Uh, the John Wick movies are great, so I'm excited to see that. Minecraft, never played Minecraft. I know the kids love it. I'm out of touch. I'll have to see on that. But Jason Momoa, like the guy. He's very joyful. Hawaiian guy. He's he's pretty cool. So we'll have to see. Your thoughts on these movies? Are you looking forward to seeing them? Maybe in theaters or maybe at home? Nah, nah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. It was just well, like think, a no for me. Yeah, I think. No for me, dog. It, it was like the calm. You know, we talked about this a little bit last week, and I guess that was kind of the calm before the storm because it seemed like this, there's just like they're coming out of nowhere now, kind of all these game adaptations. Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe Streets of Rage 4, just mainly because of like less the IP and more on, it's just like the next thing from, you know, John Wick. That could be cool. But yeah, like no, nothing jumps out at me as, and I also haven't played It Takes Two. You so, gotta play It Takes Two. Yeah, you will be so, like, this is definitely be a movie. Yeah, does it, I mean, did that based on your experience with the game? Like, does is there like a like? Oh yeah, like I, I could see how that would translate to a movie. Is like, is that obvious to you? Or? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, okay, I mean, okay. it's 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 a simple enough story where dozens of Hollywood movies that have kind of the same premise. But it's got like a bit of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids type thing, vibe, little something like that, you know, uh, Beetlejuice, I can kind of see. It's, it's got a good aesthetic, maybe Tim Burton in there. Yeah, if Tim Burton gets say, to the little, right. A little bit of Tim Burton. Yeah, uh, I, I I thought it up, so give me some credit. But yeah, I, I think uh, <laughs> okay. it's like I said last week, it all depends on the material. I think definitely um, It Takes Two translates well into a movie. Uh, not a TV show. I think the story isn't deep enough to, to go into a TV show, but definitely could see a movie. Street of Rage could definitely see that as a movie. Minecraft, I don't know how that's going to work. Lego movie was awesome. Yeah, I, I could see. Oh, you're right. And, and now that I think about it, you mentioning it, I can see them somehow being like a Lego movie. I just want to say, like, I, my nieces and nephews watch a lot of YouTube videos of people just playing, like, Minecraft. I don't know what the appeal of it is, but they love it and they just love people playing minecraft watching them do whatever they they do and i don't get the appeal of it but who am i to say i watch uh league of legends i was just gonna say that uh, you, watch, like that, so. you watch league of legends so yeah so so it's just it's to each their own so give me two tickets give me two tickets to the other two and i'll skip minecraft but yeah i'm excited uh for for all these i i and I'm excited to see a lot of video game franchises just get adapted into other mediums and see how how these creators just kind of make it their own thing. I don't want to necessarily watch the same thing I play, but I want to see that how how it works out. So we'll we'll see. Hopefully they, they do justice and we keep getting more. All right. And then uh, we're going to kind of step away from news itself and we're going to talk about real quick something I like to call end game content. And then uh, I bring this up just because uh, this last week, Lost Ark just released a big update um, with a new character subclass, the Glavier, uh, new continent, uh, season pass and activities. And then Outriders just announced a big DLC campaign for June 30th, where it's going to have a new campaign, new branches for the classes that they have and new weapons and gear. And I say end game content just because with these two games, 
Um, you have the main storyline, which could take 20 to 30 hours to finish. But then once you get to the end of that, how do they hold you? How do they keep you playing the game? And uh, with Lost Ark, it was my first foray into MMOs. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Once I got to the end game, I still kept playing it. Obviously, I want to play other video games, so I don't play it as much anymore. Um, but it is a wonderful game. And I know that with all the content that they have in Korea, it's slowly making its way to the United States and the European countries and all that stuff to the other regions. So that's going to have a lot of content going forward for God knows how long uh, I'd have to check on that. And then we have Outriders that I played, put 20 to 30 hours into it, got to the end of the campaign, played some of the end game, but it was very lackluster because um, just leveling up was kind of weird towards the end and you couldn't get the loot that you wanted. And it didn't really get a lot of support from Square Enix. Um, People Can Fly, which is the developing studio, didn't really announce anything for a while. Um, a lot of the fans were angry because there wasn't a lot of support. So I just wanted to say, in terms of endgame content, like these type of games are just two different views of how it can be done, whether it's right or wrong. I think Lost Ark itself, uh, just hanging up on the back of having so much content to, to still have from South Korea, I think they're doing a great job. Whereas the silence coming from Square Enix and People Can Fly kind of hampered the game itself which was such a good game i know you you play with with uh, mitch and ollie for game night a couple times and it, it has promise it has its good mechanics the classes and the shooting and stuff like that is pretty cool it's like a supernatural gears of war in terms of the powers that you have but just wanted to talk about in terms of these video games that have the main story and then once you finish the story they're meant to keep you there but they don't hold up. And what's your experience with games like that? Yeah, did you did you play uh, Outriders as like a single player, or did you actually do like engage with the multiplayer? No, so I did multiplayer m- mainly. Okay, okay. Obviously, I would do single player to like replay a mission to pick something up, but I mostly played it with uh, two or three people just to kind of go through the story and see how fun it was and then being different classes obviously that's more fun than just like having the same class so yeah because it's become a a weekly staple in game night where it's just at least for us it's just something that's you know again it's on xbox game pass so everyone has it we can all play it yeah and it's just fun just to kind of go around cooperatively and shoot some stuff i think you said it's there's like elements of gears, but to me, it kind of feels like almost a little bit like the division with with supernatural powers. I think that might be another way to kind of think about the games. So, so yeah, it's a fun game, but like I don't, at least I'm not, and I don't, I don't think any of us are like really taking the story too seriously. It's just kind of like oh yeah, a fun game to play every once in a while. But we're not like trying to you know rush through the game and get to the end game and and do all that stuff. So. So yeah, that's that's how we're approaching that. And I thought I thought the game was, I was surprised that they're like expanding it. Like, was that was that a surprise, or did maybe because I thought they they kind of moved on from that game? But well, to me, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise that they were expanding it. I just thought that this would come out sooner. I mean, oh, it's okay, a whole okay. big expansion. They're adding more stuff to the uh, classes. They're adding more gear. Like I know they did. Uh, they released some DLC. Like three or four months into it but this game has been out for a year and a half and this is the first big major piece of dlc i'm pretty sure um the first couple of weeks it was on steam it was like one of the most played games but the uh, crowd died down after a while just because there was there wasn't a lot of support the end game wasn't fun and with these live service games it's kind of it's kind of hard to capture that which you know you mentioned the division i think the division is a great game um but the end game content i wouldn't say was on par with what other uh games like let's say diablo let's say destiny or anything like that offer where it keeps you going back every week but not necessarily because you're repeating the same things but just because it's it's a different way to do what you've been doing so i think they still got a lot of work to do in terms of getting that right mix of uh good content and and to keep their players hooked we'll have to see how it works i don't know if i'm ready to just lay down some more money on this big dlc thing especially because i got a lot of other games to play that i've been itching to play what's your uh so i think i know destiny 
Destiny is definitely a big one, but do you have any other games that are like your your end game games that you can just like pick up anytime and, and go back and play, or is it is it just Destiny? I think it's just Destiny, but okay. it's mostly just because it's so easy to jump in with your friends if they're around the same level. But I would say the and and I talked about this before where they've they've perfected it. Where now before they would just offer their end game content all at once, which kind of if you're like me, was okay because I would just shoot through it, but then I would be like, okay, now I have nothing to do. But now what they do is they do it on a weekly series. So every season, they'll slowly trickle out the content until the season's over. And I think that works so much better. Um, a lot of people don't like it just because they rather get everything done and then go do something else and not have to worry about Destiny. But I think if it just gives you a reason to go jump into the game at least once or twice a week to do whatever you need to do i think it, it's much more enjoyable than just doing everything like oh i paid 10 bucks for this season and now i'm done and there's nothing to do for another two months while i wait for the other season i think that's what sets uh destiny apart that they it was it was a lot of trial and error um because if if you stuck with destiny from when destiny one came out seven years ago to now you can definitely see the progress that they made and bungie have perfected i think what it means to do seasons of dlc because you can see with like uh, 343 Studios and Halo, they're having issues just doing that um, in terms of releasing the campaign, in terms of the season passes, in terms of the content. Like it, it's still a work in progress. So it took Bungie seven years. It's not something that is easily available for every studio that wants to do a live service game. It's not going to work for everybody. Yeah, that's just the, the more I think about it, like the term endgame, like should that be, it must be different for. A live service game or, or, or games as a service right because those are basically designed to never end <laughs> but yeah. within each you know chapter or season or whatever that you kind of reach a point where wh- whatever the main objective is for that season you, yeah. you kind of reach that and then you can do you know other stuff so like because to me and just for me personally like i guess i'm not much of a of an end gamer like maybe final fantasy 14 is a good example where I was going hard on that game for for a pretty long time, and then when I beat yeah. beat Endwalker, I I did you know a little a little bit of stuff, but I actually haven't really gone back into it that much. And you know, not until like I think we're gonna start playing more, and maybe a, a few others will start playing more. So that'll be my maybe like first real kind of like end end game experience with with Final Fantasy fourteen. But yeah, usually even with single player titles, single player story based games. I beat the story. I always have this idea in my head of like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to platinum this or I'm going to 100% it. And then like, maybe I'll try to do that for a little bit, but eventually I just, I just kind of want to want to move on to the next game. So, so there's not that many like in game, you know, things that I do on a recurring basis. Yeah. Well, the thing is too, it's each game could, could their end game could be different. Whereas like you said, Final Fantasy, you may have beaten all the expansions up to Endwalker, which is the latest one, but, you have like raids, right? That you could do every week and stuff like that and dungeons and stuff like that. Same thing with Destiny. I finish the main campaign, but every week I do the raid or I do a dungeon or I help my buddies out with whatever they need to do. So it's, it's different for everyone, um, especially if it's a online game where it's, uh, you have like a single player game where you finish the story. Is there end game content? Might you go back and, and finish what you need to do like Elden Ring? I'd be Elden Ring, but I could still go around and kill some bosses or find some uh, dungeons I missed and stuff like that. So it's just, it's it's my one constant. Destiny's my one constant. I'm trying to expand myself and play more. Like I said, Lost Ark, Final Fantasy XIV. Just, you know, surround myself with other games that I can get in, in and out of. I love video games. Prove it. <laughs> all right um but we'll we'll have more thoughts on that obviously uh with more games that come out especially um since a lot of studios are trying to do keep uh, a lot of studios are trying to keep the players hooked in and just kind of play that game all the time so uh, we'll have a lot more thoughts on end game content live service games and and stuff like that down the road we're just uh we're just getting our, our feet wet with this uh podcast stuff guys so don't worry more content coming all right, that does it for the main topics uh, on this episode of Pressing Buttons. We're going to move right along into our closing thoughts. I'm going to start out first. First thing I want to talk about, I've been playing uh, Horizon Forbidden West. I know I bought the game when it came out, 
then I immediately got distracted by Elden Ring and Destiny. So I played the game for about two hours. I beat the first major boss, which spoilers, it's like this snake. It's not big, too much of a spoiler because it's just some snake thing. And then I stopped playing the game, played Elden Ring, played Destiny. And then I decided to get back into Forbidden West this week. And I love the game, love the gameplay. Game looks amazing. Guerrilla Games has definitely done a great job with this sequel. I'm enjoying the heck out of it so far. One thing which we talked about that I have gripes with is like, I played the game for two hours. It taught me the controls of the game. And then when I picked it up, I was supposed to jump out of this hole, but I forgot how to jump out of the hole. Like you're supposed to, you can throw a hook. If you, if you double jump, you can throw like a hook that attaches you and, and can jump higher. But I forgot that, that how to do it. I forgot that you had a double jump. So I know the game has in-game tutorials. I was too lazy to look through there. So I just Googled how to do the double jump hook in for horizon forbidden west and i found out but that's just like a minor nitpick thing that i wish more games if you haven't played them in like weeks or, or something like that where you get back in it they would just refresh the uh, control mechanics over and over again i don't remember the games but i think there have been like two or three games that i've played that have done that that like it recognizes when I haven't played them in a while and it'll be like, hey, this is how you jump. This is how you run. This is how you target lock. So that was just one of the things where like playing Elden Ring and Destiny and they have totally different control schemes and then going to Horizon Forbidden West and this has a completely different control scheme. I was like, what the fuck? WTF. So I've pl- I played the first one and I just got bored with it. And I think the mainly, I just, I didn't love the, just like the shooting the arrow shooting mechanic. I, I, oh, I kind of like. I thought that was one of the best parts. I, I just kind of got like bored with it over time, and then also like the enemy variety was like, I felt like really low. So the the game just got like really boring for me. But I thought it looked like it looked unbelievable. The characters are cool. So it's like I, so it's kind of like disappointing that I got bored with it. And I'm wondering, based on your experience with the sequel, like if if that was kind of like how I experienced the first one, like should I? give the second one a shot or is it going to be like more of the same for me well i, I so far it's more of the same um i've only played i would say 10 hours give me a little bit more time i'll tell you how it is i think it is more of the same but i know that this one has a lot more of the robots than the first one and i'm always a type of like i'm a big collectible guy and, and big go over here and do this quest and go over there and, and do smuggling. that quest yeah smuggling collectibles farming i'm all about that shit so like i've been doing a lot of the mini side quests and stuff like that give me a little bit more time i'll let you know if it's more of the same or or if it's worth it for you to get it probably by next week i'll let you know okay and then the other thing i want to talk about obviously i've been playing destiny 2 we finally beat the raid uh two weeks ago i don't know if i mentioned it on the podcast i just wanted to bring it up because Doing these Destiny raids is just like such an effort. It takes so much effort from everybody because everybody has to be coordinated and everybody has to know what they're doing and everybody has to be able to hold their own. And then obviously we're on the Discord uh, community. Uh, We're on the Destiny channel. We have the guys. We have Keezy. We have Migs. We have Willie. We have Jake. We have Rose. So many guys out there that we do the raid with. And I've been getting frustrated. And I know everybody gets frustrated playing video games, but it's just like one of those things that you spend so much time doing something and it's just like everybody can't get together. So the guys have been joking with me and uh, two weeks ago, it had been four weeks since the raid released and we still couldn't beat the raid. So like I was getting so frustrated that I was like, guys, it's been four weeks since this raid came out and we still haven't beaten. Y'all need to get your shit together. So they immediately as idiots would do started fucking cracking up on me and now they won't shut up every time i we do something it's like it's been four weeks <laughs> they're, even, they're even making a shirt about it so i just want to say thank you for finally stepping up and beating the raid and helping me beat the raid but we should have beat it first week uh but anyways uh, yeah i can i can i can confirm that i've seen a lot of chatter and planning and strategizing happening in this world <laughs> and i have absolutely no idea what any of it means but yeah it seems pretty uh pretty, pretty complex yeah. which i just need to clone myself is what it is if i could get five other clones of me 
I won't be frustrated. So you're at saying all. you're I'll, saying you're the best. You're the best player on your. I'm not saying I'm the best player. I'm just it saying kinda, like it kind of sounds like I know, you're saying you're the best player in the in the clan. I'm saying I know what to do. And if I had five <laughs> other people <laughs> that okay. were me, that well, also knew what to do. You need a hive mind. You you know everyone's yeah. the same. Oh, that's the other. I could just control all of them. But yeah, whatever works. I just need to do this so we could finish it. Uh, but it's fun because you know you you bond. You spend more time with people. And uh, the next season is coming out May twenty fourth. They announced they announced a lot of sandbox changes for the weapons because they usually uh, focus either on the PVE side or the PVP side. A lot of people have been complaining about the PVP side, the weapons and stuff like that for a while. And they're finally doing like a big Passover where there's going to be a lot of changes. And they're also doing the Solar, which is one of the classes, uh, 3.0 rework, uh, which is exciting because they did the Void 3.0 rework. And that was very popular with a lot of people. So the rumors are, and according to the developers, they're saying that this is one of the best, this is going to be one of the best seasons that they've ever done. So I'm excited uh, one more month to get into the new Destiny season. All right, so that's it for me on uh, on my closing thoughts. What you got for me this week? I told you. I told you you better bring something. Well, I'm here to deliver. Uh, well, yeah, it was, it was, I had a couple a couple pretty busy weeks just with, with lots of stuff going on. So I hadn't gamed too much. But as of yesterday, I'm now planning on pretty deep on Stranger of Paradise. Oh, nice. So That's, that's my next one after yeah. Horizon, so... So that's my, so as soon as this podcast is done, I'm going to edit it and then just play, play, play a lot of that. So, and you know, we've, we've provided some impressions on this. Uh, we played the demo together and uh, I think we, I think we both enjoyed it and, and we're planning on playing the game at some point. It was just more of like a timing thing. And I think the, the timings now, uh, I got the PC version, which I think a lot of people are kind of shitting on as not being a great port. I think I think that's right. You know, you know so they're shitting on it. Yeah, yeah, but I think it's 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 like manageable. So I have to play it. I think if you only play, and I'm still like working through, you know, like fixes and whatever. But that sounds uh, like a lot of work, bro. Well, th- that's just to get it better than what I'm currently doing right now. I have it capped oh, okay, at good. if you cap it at like 60 frames per second and and turn off a couple options, and you know I have like a pretty pretty beefy gaming rig, so. I'm able, I'm able to play it pretty well and it's stable and, and to me it looks better than when we were playing on a PS5 and I thought it looked pretty bad. So It's because you have those PC colored glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. RGB. So yeah, playing that, I think I'm I'm gonna enjoy it, but that's kinda my 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 big focus. My, my big focus game. And you know, we were kinda making fun of the the dialogue and just like how ridiculously bad it is and <laughs> Chaos. Yeah, it's it's so so have you seen the movie The Room? No, but I've. I you, mean, I know of it. You know, know what it is. I know of it. So, yeah. to me, so I'll I'll see whether this proves out the more I play it. But to me, it's like it's it's Final Fantasy meets The Room, just with like how <laughs> god awful the dialogue is. But it's so bad that it's that it's funny. Uh, so that's that's kind of like my latest take on like actually maybe getting some enjoyment out of the writing and story because it's just like so laughably bad. Uh, and then you know the gameplay it's a version of like neo but with like more final fantasy jobs and classes so i think i'm gonna have a good time exploring that yeah whatever they said about like the the story being kind of like corny and stuff like that they always praise the gameplay so that's and and we enjoy the game the the gameplay mechanics and the combat and stuff like that when we play the demo so you're gonna have to yeah you're gonna have to give me those impressions on pc because i'm still like i know you're you're a pc snob and I am also a semi PC snob, but I feel like I would rather avoid the hassle of like fixing it to make it look better and just play on PlayStation Five, which I thought it looked fine in. Yeah. Also, the Dual Sense, quick little tidbit: Horizon uh, Forbidden West, the Dual Sense. You know, the Dual Sense is a great controller. I have four of them. That's a story for another day. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a flex. Yeah, it's it's uh it's for those clones that I'm making. <laughs> I need more controllers. Um, no, but uh, the DualSense is a great controller, and uh, Horizon Forbidden West makes great use of it. So that's you know, if if a game comes out for PC and PlayStation, and it doesn't blow blow it out of the water on PC, and I lean more towards PlayStation, it's probably because of the DualSense. Speaking of Final Fantasy stuff, it's been on my mind. 
I feel like I should play more Final Fantasy. I mean, Square Enix has been on my mind a lot. I've been wanting to play 15 again. I've been wanting to play 13, which very underrated, knowing that maybe 9 is coming out soon. Final Fantasy is on my mind. And obviously playing 14 slowly. Yeah, I still haven't uh, caught up with Harry Tip in a while, so. Yeah, we gotta we gotta meet. Harry Tip and what's your name? Valen Valentine Vega or something. It's like some randomly generated Vincent Vega's brother from yeah, that's what that's yeah. why that's why I liked it because it was like a uh, it was like oh like Vega kind of like Vincent Vega so that's why I went with that but but you Quentin know Quentin Tarantino's out there like all all my like typical names were uh, not possible in Final Fantasy fourteen uh, so that was kind of frustrating like my my main one Bolt Lightning I can't use because Lightning is an actual character in Final Fantasy thirteen so there's like a lot of like restrictions and stuff like that where you can't. Yeah. You can't. So I was like, I would always use like a fucking randomly generated one. I was a hair, a hair tip was just you know no problem. Just just went right just went right through. Is it, it was a brain? Uh, was that like a brainstorm session? Think tank? No, but I, I thought it was like a brain thing. Anyway, brain, brain trust. Yeah, there you go. It was a brain trust of you, Ollie, and me, and we came out with Harry Tip. <laughs> so not so not a brain trust. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, brain brain doubt, <laughs> brain doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, kind of the same. Uh, very Final Fantasy heavy. Where so I'm playing Stranger Paradise. I, I need to start picking up Final Fantasy 14 again. I haven't really dug into the most recent patch, so I need to do that. Hang out with Harry Tip, and also Final Fantasy 10. Like this kind of goes back many many weeks, but uh, I think this was maybe right before Elden Ring came out. I I just kind of like somewhat randomly was like, oh, let me just actually complete Final Fantasy X. I've tried playing it multiple times over the years and just never actually beat it. So I just, it's on my bucket list of games to beat. So if I have free time, I might try to actually beat that. I might, I think I'm pretty close to the end. So I just want to, I just want to beat that. And then it's okay. Do I actually then go on to Final Fantasy X 2, which I actually really like that game. So um, I think I, I think I actually did beat that, but it was highly underrated. It was at it was I think it was at PS2 launch, so you know that was a while ago. But I think I actually beat that one. But the fact that I don't remember maybe suggests that it's worth replaying. Exactly, we were hopped up on Final Fantasy. So you hear that, Square Enix? Release some 16 footage or else. All right, uh, so that does it for episode 16. Uh, make sure you guys join the Discord. We will be doing that shirt giveaway. When we get to 100 members, we're giving away five shirts. You're going to have a lot of fun on the Discord, guys. The pet channel is thriving. Uh, nothing but fur. The podcast with Spooky and Boba is coming out soon. So look out for that. We might make some shirts about that, too. It's copywritten, so don't fucking steal my idea. <laughs> but thanks for joining us uh, like you do every week. And we'll see you on the next one. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on episode 16 of Pressing Buttons. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Layla, and our show art is done by D-Pass Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.